bless you. We are excited tonight. Welcome to Kingdom Business Podcast. God bless you all. God is great and greatly to be praised. We are excited. We miss you all last week. I have been excited all day thinking about this awesome, awesome broadcast and and just excited to see what the Lord is going to do. So I'm going to have my husband to pray and y'all know how we do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask forgiveness of any sins that we've committed on and on. God, we thank you now for enlightening our hearts and our minds on tonight. God, we thank Kingdom you. Business Summit 2023 is here. And this is our biggest. Bless us to be clean from your servant of God. Yes. Lord, those you have used mightily in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for their experience that they have with you. We thank you, Father God, for your testimonies that they have with you, God. We yes, thank you for their growth and their spiritual maturity that they've gained yes, in you. And God, we just thank you tonight, God, that hearts and minds will be uh, filled, God, that, that minds will be eased, God. Lord, into our own understanding, God, and all our ways acknowledge you. And God, we'll be so careful to give that your perfect will be done tonight. May your glory follow, Lord, let your spirit move. In Jesus' name, pray and ask, amen. 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 We are excited. Amen. Thank you. If this is your first time, I'm Tamika Bratchett, my husband. Vincent Bratchett. Amen. And welcome again to Kingdom Business Podcast. Make sure you go ahead and share really quick. Okay, I'm getting ready to bring the woman of God on. So we're going to pop her on. So just get ready. Amen. Just take, I would say put your seat. Okay. (laughs) Take them off and let the Lord have his way. Amen. We want to welcome on Apostle Fred Stubbs. God bless you. God bless you. Blessings to you, Apostle and Prophetess. We thank God for you. So glad to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be here with y'all on tonight. Yes, ma'am. We are glad to have you. Amen. Amen. This woman of God right here, I think we've been knowing her maybe 20 years, maybe. Yeah, about that. Yes. (laughs) About that. Yes. We we've been knowing this woman of God and all we have heard before we even met her was good things. Amen. And then when we met her, um, even the more I think we just connected like right off the bat. Yes. Um she yes. was you know, we, we were a lot younger than we are now. <laughs> and she just looked at us. She didn't look at us so much as young. She just knew we were pastors and we were young people in the Lord. And she didn't mind pouring into us. Thank so you. I didn't mind bringing her on tonight because <laughs> I know she got some awesome things to speak on tonight. Thank you, And Jesus. then, oh, check this out. She responded. <laughs> you all are getting the manual now, but the first book was Teach My Hands the War, the first series of the book. So she helped me publish my very amen, first book. She amen. pushed me. She hung in there with me, knew nothing, absolutely nothing, edited everything. <laughs> so she did everything for me because I didn't amen. know what I was doing. But she Jesus. was very patient. She was so patient with me. So without further ado, um, uh, we welcome you again, Apostle Fran Stubbs. God Amen. bless you. God bless you. So glad to be here, and thank you for such for such kind words. And yes, it's been about it's been about it's been more than twenty years now. Because okay. we, we 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 were in North Carolina for eighteen, and so I've been here okay. in Florida for four. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. just so, yeah, about right. We know each other a good little while, <laughs> just 
um, awesome woman of God. But tell us about you, Mary, your children, your ministry. Tell us about Apostle Fred stuff. Okay, so March this year, by God's grace, March 20th, 2023, my husband and I will be celebrating 34 years of marriage. So we've been married 34 years. Uh, We have four adult children and, 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 you know, um, I'm trying to keep up with these ages. So everybody is, you know, they all grown, but you know, 30. So by the time we go through all the birthdays this summer is 30, 31, 32, 33. Amen. Oh, y'all want some doorsteps. Classic, classic military wife. Yes. (laughs) Classic, classic, classic. Yes together so that's a good thing we did we did and so they're all grown and we thank god for all of the children um we are here in um uh zephyr hills florida which is right outside of tampa and um and so um i have a church here our headquarters church is here in zephyr hills um we have several ministries here in the u.s as well as overseas um it's um i oversee maybe about a good 20 22 churches total churches and um um power church ministries um between here and overseas and um we have our school global leaders university that is the arm our teaching arm of our ministry so all of our leaders go through global leaders university and we use that as a means of being able to teach train and equip all the leaders um and and you know it's just been a great blessing we're in the midst of expanding right now so we're going from 2000 square feet to 4000 square feet we are expanding where we are now by the grace of god um and we are planning on launching our school our k through 12 school by god's grace of the lord tarry hallelujah um in august so uh we just wanted to just impact our communities with the preaching of the gospel as well as being able to meet some needs that are in our communities, you know what I mean? And and just being able to do the will of God. So God has been gracious to us. And when I look at what the Lord is doing, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, my God. So we're thankful. We're thankful. I'm very thankful. Amen. Well, you put, Apostle, you put in the time you hung in there. Um, and, and I'm saying that to get you to hear. You hung in there to the point where you were... You've been preaching for a pretty good while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this topic tonight, I know it hits home, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, but how long have you been preaching the gospel? I preached my first message when I was 17 years old. And oh oof. so that's the first time I ever preached, ever, ever, ever. I've been preaching now for a good... I'm about to age myself. I'll just say this. I'm I'm 52 now. <laughs> and I've been preaching since I was 17. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Amen. Amen. So that is awesome. So we're talking about tonight, should women preach? Women preachers. And I'm glad my husband is here because sometimes people think it's just the women saying, oh, I'm supposed to preach. But this man of God here grew up under a woman preacher. Wow. And then when wow. God sent you and we've been in the world for a while, then God put him back into um in the kingdom and then into the house of the Lord. It was wow. another woman preacher. My so you know, God, God just don't discriminate. I know what people their popular <laughs> beliefs or whatever that he does not, he used his men and his women of God. Yes. So you've been preaching, you say you're fifty two, you've been preaching since you were seventeen years mm-hmm. old. What was it like? then and then now 
being a woman preacher. 17 years old, talking about you called the preach. Well, I got to be honest. I got to tell you, uh, initially starting out in my head, you know, I was just going to do a little evangelism. This is what I thought, you know, and, you know, maybe do women's ministry. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's that's where, you know, things really, you know, jumped off for me was really just doing women's ministry. Um, um, I, I have had some serious encounters when it comes to um, preaching. There have been times where. I've had pastors who would invite me to come in and preach male pastors. This has happened in times past, you know, um, where one pastor in particular uh, in the office said to me, so what are you going to preach? You know, and he wanted me to tell him my entire, the text, the context, the message and everything before I got up to preach the message. And, you know, I kindly said to him, you're going to hear just like everybody else. You invited me. If you don't want me to preach then we don't have to do this, you know, you know, but this is, you know, these are the things that I've had to encounter because, um, you know, sometimes, and back then too, I want to say I was in the beginning of my, my prophetic call. And so I was, I was, Ooh, I was another person back then. So I was like, on, I'm on 20,000 now, but I'm on, I was on 20,000 with, with really not much of, of no, no, um, decorum about myself in the sense that if the Lord spoke it to me, I wouldn't put no sugar with it. You just going to get it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because a lot of times, especially women, I was just telling someone today, we feel because we are called and we know God called us. We have to always have this. I, I can do this or, you know, kind of act manly, yeah. you know, yeah. and you yeah. know, like you said, no kind of tag. We just, now, now I said it, I'm going to say it, you know. Oh, it's, are you able to hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, okay. I can hear you now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that how we supposed to be? Are we supposed to be like that as women of God? Um, I think that across the board, as women of God, as men of God, as people of God, um, yeah. we, we do need to um, watch our delivery. Right. Um, I know that there are times and I'm not saying that you have to change God's message. Don't change the message. But I think that there's something to be said for angry preaching. And I think that's something that bothers me today because I recognize it when I see it. And I understand that it's a lack of maturity. It's a place that is, is you know, in need of healing. Right. And, and we don't realize that it um, diminishes our message and the impact that our message could have. Because we're angry, <laughs> you know, or because we don't choose our words wisely. Um, you know, it's nothing wrong with improving your vocabulary so that you can make sure that what you are presenting makes sense to the hearer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so you've been a young preacher, and baby, you know, you can jump in anytime. You've been a young preacher. You come up on a male pastor, woman pastor, both. How? What was that like? Um. So when I first got saved, I was under male pastors for a great many years. Male pastors, male pastors. Then I had um, a couple, a pastor and wife that was together. You know, they were pastoring together. Um, and that's where I saw, you know, the balance because other churches that I had been in, it was um, 
mainly the husband being the pastor and you know the wife is first lady and so she might do something like you know teach the women and you know and I'm going with them when they do the women's ministry and different things of that nature um and then when my husband was stationed in New Jersey um at Fort Dix um that was the first time we had been under a pastor a, a team pastor husband and wife where we actually saw them doing everything together. The wife preached, the husband preached, um, you know, praying, laying hands, all of that, fasting, seeking God, you know, all of those things um, and helping to carry the weight of the ministry. And that had a great impact on me, you know, um, because to be able to see something like that, that, that I had never seen before, you know, it was out of the norm. And so um, I was careful to, to pay attention to what was what was in front of me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What what is your reaction? Now, me personally at the beginning, because I like I said, I came up under a woman pastor. Mm -hmm, um, because mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in church. So when the time I got to church, my husband got saved before me. So I started going to the church he was going to, which right. was kind of like my family church, but I mm -hmm. really just didn't go. <laughs> so, um, and that was a woman pastor. You know, mm -hmm. most people know I came up with a bit of blue. So that uh -huh. was normal to me. Like seeing that a woman doesn't preach, like that wasn't like, it was strange when I first heard it. My mm -hmm. very first encounter was with my uncle, my uncle mm -hmm. who was in prison. Yes. And I was sharing with him what was happening at our church. And the first thing he said to me was, why did she do it? Which was, he was referring to my pastor. Right. And why didn't she let another male do it or your husband do it? Right. And I'm looking, I'm young. You know, I don't know. I'm like, what is he meaning? Why? Like, why? That's the pastor. The pastor is supposed to do. <laughs> what the pastor is supposed to do. You don't know nothing other than women preach. Right, right. So it was like a whole nother world opened up to me and I'm like, I don't even, I got mad. I, I don't even want to write him no more. I don't want to, you know, because so, first I try to come at him through the word, like okay, God can use anyone and this is where the scriptures and of course the first thing they say, well, Paul said. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, Pops, I think you had said uh, when you was talking about um, I guess gleaning from being in the ministry where you had a husband and a wife who were flowing equally in ministry mm -hmm. and I don't see. And what I don't understand is, is that as we read the scriptures and we understand that we understand that God is a God of order, but we also know that even a God of order is also doing new things. He's new. He's doing, he's saying, I'm like forgetting those things, which um the former things yes. need to consider the days of yes. old, old, I'm doing a new thing yeah. that shall spring forth. And it's almost like we um, we imprison ourselves, you know, with tradition, or we imprison ourselves with what we deem normal. Yeah. You know, and it, it's sometimes restricted because what I, I can't take table is this. You think that as you're growing up as a child, it's normal to have both mother and father. Mm -hmm. But I grew up in a home where I didn't have a father. So my spiritual indoctrination came from my mother. Come on. Yeah. My spiritual, me understanding mm -hmm, spiritual mm -hmm, authority mm -hmm. came from my mother. Me mm -hmm. seeing humility and seeing servanthood and seeing her be a deaconess in the church and seeing her at Bible study and all those things that I gleaned from her. Yeah. That I seen from my mother. I can't take that off the table. Right. So when I'm looking 
scriptures that in mind as well as gleaning from the word and understanding that everything that Jesus did was not normal right. to those who already had uh imprisoned mindset. They already had their preconceived notions. Yes. They already had, you know, Moses as their gold standard, mm-hmm. you know, even though Moses even prophesied of, of Jesus Christ. Right. So it's also that, that closed mindedness, yes. you know, it's, it's almost like a willful closed mindedness because you can't really read the scriptures and I know it's easy to throw those scriptures out there. Oh, yeah, Paul, Paul. But one day it was like this came to my spirit and I said it out loud to my wife and I said it out loud to my church. I was like, I I give Paul all the the the, the credit that he's due. Mm-hmm. You know, I honor him. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm more concerned. I said, I'm more in tune to what Jesus didn't say. Come on. As opposed to what Paul did say. I said, I'm more inclined to lean towards what Jesus said. And Jesus didn't say, you know, what some of these people in the world right. are actually saying. Or some of these preachers, theologians are saying. Yes. And I'm reading the same book with them. And, you know, I, I climbed on a hill and I doubt But I can't tell you the fact that my first representation of Christ mm-hmm. in my life was my mother. When there was no yeah. man to be found. And my wow. first understanding of the scriptures and the text, it came from my mother. So I can't take that off the table. When I'm sitting here trying to, that's almost like as if I'm denying right, uh, right. my very, you know, instructions. You know, right. remember your creator. The Bible says, remember your creator yes. in the days of your youth. Yes, yes. And this is what transpired in my youth. Mm-hmm. Having my mm-hmm. mother to be the to be the the, 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 um, the pinnacle. Yes. To be, you know, to be that, that, um, that pillar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I need, yeah. you know, saying for spiritual stability, yeah, and that that contributed to who I am today, yeah, you know, in, in a great part, yeah, yeah. That's very good. That's very good. And and if I were, and if I could add, you know, when we after we left from out of New Jersey and we ended up in North Carolina, that's when I met my spiritual mother, Apostle Carolyn Hicks, and that part of my life influenced me greatly and I think that on top of what I learned right from from the pastors that we had the husband and the wife right and then initially in North Carolina we had a husband and wife right and I'm I'm sure y'all know um Apostle Charles and Deborah Bloom right and they were they were great leaders and that was the second place that I had ever seen a husband and a wife together and from them we went with uh, Apostle Carolyn Hicks. And I'm going to tell you, that was the part of my life ministry-wise that had the greatest impact because I didn't know that being under her ministry, God was going to allow, when I would travel with her, I was gleaning and learning what, you know, things that I would have to handle as an apostle. Not because like I said, women's ministry, you know, Bible yeah. studies, you know, I was at that time I was doing bi- trying to do Bible studies on every t- uh, every side of, Fay- of Fayetteville. And I was going house to house doing Bible studies, you know, and different things like that. That That's what my heart was. I didn't see all of this, but God knew. And so sitting at her feet, traveling with her, learning from her, watching her move in circles where predominantly it was men. Right. And she would be the only woman in the room at the table and she wouldn't flinch. And I'm like looking at this lady like, how, how you do that? How you do, you know, 
And and I learned so much about having self-respect, standing on God's word, and you don't have to walk in the room and shout and holler. All you got to do is be, and God's going to do the rest. That's right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how did you, and, and I know you just shared that, but had you had any where somebody did approach you, or you was on live, or you were face-to-face besides that man at times through over the years that, did you ever feel, I know she tired of did you where you wanted to back up because she was getting so much pushback? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> did I want to back up? Woo! Yeah. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is why I say to people who want to run into this, if 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 this is not what God has called you to, you know what I mean? You you gotta be ready to die and lose whatever you think is your prized possessions, whatever you think is the whatever, the it, whatever it is, everything, God is coming for everything, right? And 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 there have been times where there were people on, where I would do live videos, yes, people coming on my, my, my timeline on Facebook, you know, you, you not, you not a woman preacher and you know, God didn't call women and da, da, da. And, and then, uh, and, and, and 2013, 2013, so we, we here, I'm, I'm going to testify for a second if that's all right. Cause, oh, hey, cause I, I was, <laughs> in, in, in 2013, 2013, I had to come to terms with the answer to this question because, you know, um, you know, and some people know, some people in North Carolina know, some people, people in our ministry know. And so, you know, we, we move through these things and traverse these areas to where now we, we are in a good place. But I mean, my marriage suffered because my husband changed faith. And so because my husband changed faith, I had to decide how I was going to walk this out. And the church blew up and it was just all kind of stuff. And so trying to traverse that and figure out do I follow this? So it took me five years. 2013 is when all of that started. Well, before it started, before that, but it blew up in 2013, you know, and we went through with the ministry, um, you know, and it seemed like I had lost everything. It seemed like I had lost everything. And I'm praying and I'm asking God, Lord, do you want me to do this? Because if you don't want me to do this, Then I'm going to sit down. I won't preach another day. And I sat down and I took five years. I was still preaching. I was still traveling. I was still pastoring. But I said to the Lord, during this time, I'm studying and I'm sticking my head in the word. And I'm going through uh, uh, every scripture that I can think of. Because we know Galatians says it's neither male nor female in Jesus. But I said to the Lord, I said, God, I need something more than that. I need, I need to be able to book this from Genesis to Revelation because now it's in my house. And I got to be able to answer this question because I love my husband, but I want to obey God. And I need to know how to walk this out. And so, you know, five years, five years studying, um, sitting at the feet of Bible teachers, being mentored by Bible teachers and asking every question that I could possibly ask. I'm preaching and crying and I don't know how to go through this. And I'm asking God for his wisdom. And in 2018, I birthed this book, Woman Shut Your Mouth. 
And that's where this came from. This is not because I didn't feel like I had nothing else to do or I was trying to be controversial. This is not, it's not a male bashing book. This is scripture from, from the front to the back. And what it is, it is explaining what the scripture says about women preaching. Can a woman be a pastor? Yes. Can a woman be a bishop? Yes. Can a woman be an apostle? Absolutely. And the things that we did not do. I took my time to study. When Paul said that he suffered not a woman to teach, he said he suffers not a woman to teach. God didn't say that. Paul said that. There were women apostles that were named among him. When we read in, in Romans, right? You read in Romans and you read in is, is the 16th chapter in Romans. You will see that Junior and I took, I took, it was painstaking. I took the time to go through the, the studying of the name. Is Junior a male name? Is that a woman's name? Did we lose it in translation or transliteration? Because transliteration means that we don't have a word for it. So we come up with a word for it in our language because there's no translation for it. And it is clear. Junior was a woman. Not just that Jesus was breaking barriers on purpose by sending Mary to tell the disciples to go and tell him, tell them that he was risen. He said, go and proclaim that I am risen. That word proclaim is preach. So he released women to preach before women were released to preach. And he did it on purpose because he was breaking the norms. But all throughout scripture, we will see that this was the heart of God. This was the mind of God. When you look at the daughters of Zelophehad, the daughters of Zelophehad, God changed his rules, his law for the women because it was inequitable. It was, it was, it was unlawful for women to inherit land because it was a patriarchal society and, and the women had to have a man. These women stood against the law of God and told Moses, you're wrong. And Moses went to God and said, God, what do I do? And God said, they are right. Give them their father's inheritance. If God did that, then we got to know that it was already in his heart. And we have to understand that when God gave the command to, to, to Adam and Eve, it was for them to be fruitful and multiply, take dominion. That, that was the instruction to both of them. And it was sin that brought hierarchy in marriage. It was sin that made it so that women go read. You see what in the text, it tells us that as a result of sin, Right, that her desire would be to her husband because of sin. Right, their the the dynamic in their relationship changed. But if Jesus broke the curse, if he destroyed the curse, and this and this this curse about hierarchy and what we call submission, right? Because when the Bible says that it was not good for man to be alone, God said, "I'm going to create a help meet." Help meet. I mean, I went all the way back to Genesis studying this stuff. And that word help meet means comrade at arms. It's your battle buddy. It's the person down in the trench with you. And you're not going to be down in the trench listening to nobody if they are beneath you 
or they have to listen to you because you in charge of them. That's not the way that works. Battle buddies look out for each other. There is no hierarchy when we talk about battle buddies because we both in this war together. I got your back. You got mine. And so going through those things, right? I had to look at that. And so, so learning that what Paul was saying Paul was trying to introduce something. There's a lot of things that were that was going on in the background that if we don't study, if we don't study, if we just take somebody's word for it and don't do the painstaking work that is necessary to study, we will find ourselves deceived and we'll follow tradition like Apostle was saying. You know, we'll find ourselves following tradition instead of following the word of God. Amen. Amen. And I like that you said doing the background. I said, I'm like this. If the women or men in our church today, if they get to cutting up, we're going to set them down. Yes. If the women get to cutting up, we're going to say set down too. That's right. Paul had to do what he had to do in that Pacific to each church. And yes. that's the thing. People thought he wrote it to that Pacific church because he was dealing with an issue. Yes. He was dealing with a situation. Yes. And we, like yes. you said, we don't study. We just going to take that one thing. Yes. It's just like he says, it's, um, um, he said, it's better to be single, but if you want to be married, be married. Right. So we just going to take it. Not with nobody get married. Because he's saying <laughs> you get more time with God. Right. You know, you know, we take a little piece of the scripture and run with it. And also I want to say this, we are not secondary. Come on. We're not called to preach just because men don't want to preach. We're not called to do the things that God don't want. We're not secondary. I, I love <laughs> so that. Sometimes people use that as an excuse. When the men won't do it, that's why God uses us. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. We're still his sons and his daughters. He didn't just say, well, since Vincent won't preach, I'm going to raise to me. It don't work like that. Exactly. People are called who God called to minister and preach the gospel. Matter of fact, he told all of us to evangelize. That's right. That's right. You know, and sometimes people are okay with us doing it out in the street. But when we get behind the pulpit, mm. you know, when we get behind the pulpit, we want to look funny. Or we feel like, well, the woman can't be over the man. Right. A woman can in our church or men that came through our church, they had no problem because I knew how to show them respect the same way they showed me respect. Absolutely. And I was able to correct them according to the word of God. Right. And why would you look at somebody stranger funny, even if it's a little kid that came to you and you doing wrong and they correct you and tell you what thus said the Lord, That's the right. word don't change different because the child is three. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. And Apostle, I appreciate you sharing with us what you had um, studied, you know, yeah. in your in discovery. And it's almost like as if um, that adversity, you know, those times we have that, you know, that, that the conflict of, you know, that crisis of faith and belief, how it pushes us towards um, seeking God yeah. even more. I need, I need you to take me deeper. I thought this was a. Uh, I said, I got to get past these shallows and launch out there into the deep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I thank God for what you shared because, you know, what to, I'm. In the Old Testament, I was just just studying again in Deborah, and I seen the the the, the great influence that Deborah. And one thing about um, I'm reading this book called Apostles today, mm-hmm. and it said one thing about the one thing that kind of marks an apostle is mm-hmm. their influence. Yes, yes, their influence and those who will who follow them, who will listen to their instructions. Mm-hmm. You know, and look mm-hmm. at the influence that Deborah had. Yes, in her day and time. 
you know, that it, it was off the charts, the influence yeah. <laughs> that she had as a woman. Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm, I'm the type, you know, I don't read too much into things, only whenever I need to read too much into things. Right. You know, and then I begin to read. It didn't take much for me to read until I'm like, okay, y'all, if you think women are supposed to keep silent in the church because of what the Apostle Paul said, does that mean they can't say good morning when they come in there? Good morning, Pastor. Uh, good morning, sis. I mean, when they keep silent. But no, no, no. And I just being a little too ridiculous now. Mm, nah, but you're mm. talking about you talking about keep silent. Right. You're talking about so right. literally, and I'm like, and why out of all the things that you had to pick, out of all the activities, you had to pick preaching? Of yeah. all things. I mean, were they actually preaching? <laughs> when he said silent? Yeah. Like were they preaching? Hey, you don't supposed to be preaching. I'm like, they they, they were discussing other things that he was like, wait till you get home and you learn from your right. husband. Right. Like, did right. you literally pull somebody down off pull a woman off the podium? And say, no, 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 you're not supposed to be doing it. I'm like, how did you come to the right. conclusion that it was preaching right. that they shouldn't do? Right. You know, so those things is like, and I'm like, whenever you are talking about in Matthew 15, when Jesus said, mm-hmm. why do you transgress the commands of God? Jesus. By, you know, by usurping your traditions over God's commands. Listen. So that still goes on 21st century, you know, where mm-hmm. we're actually usurping our traditions over the commands of God. Yes. And I think that when you put traditions in the way, it actually closes us off to revelation. Absolutely. When you have a closed mind, it kind of closes you off to revelation. Absolutely. You know, when you get, God is giving out revelation like it ain't nobody's business. Come on. He said, if anybody lacks wisdom, come to me. Come on. I would really reproach. That's you right. Know, so we can That's always right. get revelation from God, but we got to come without these preconceived notions come without the traditions, you know, just mm-hmm. come, you know, before the Lord. Those those scriptures are not there for us to debate and to dialogue. Come on. Those scriptures are there for us to be disciplined and to grow in the spirit. That's to, right. To, so that we if we study them and rightly divide the word of truth, that we that we will um that we uh will be thoroughly equipped. Yes. And complete. Yes. Now we've got people around here who use the scriptures and you actually are just like when you brought up the um the foxhole. I've been in foxhole. And in the foxhole, there is no rank in the foxhole. None. There is no rank in the foxhole. Right. I mean, the same enemy trying to take my head off like you're trying to take yours off, That's Sarge. Right. You know, sir, you know, hey, hey your head. <laughs> Matter of fact, he might shoot you quicker. Right. You do have no yeah. Come on. So we all are on the same, on the same. you know, and, and, right. and in this moment, we have to have enough wisdom to be able to, to beat Gamliel, mm. beat Gamliel yes. in the moment, yes. in that moment. Like, look here, if it is of God, we're not coming against Come him. on! Coming against, where are you? You know what? And I'm comfortable to know that if it's not of God, I ain't going to lose no sleep over right. it. It's not going to come to nothing anyway. Right. That's it's not it. gonna come nothing anyway. If you're so it. fearful and you're so cautious of women preaching, if it's not of God, it's not gonna come to nothing anyway. But I'm like, that jury's already out on that one because they they going about here doing their business. <laughs> they going about here putting out books and putting out conferences. The souls is being saved and being delivered. And right. Set captives being set free. Yes. You know who gonna be the Gamliel? You know in, in this in this in this season. I love Where we that. Like, look, pump your brakes, bro. Yes. Yes. Pump your yeah. brakes. Yeah, that 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 right there is something, you know, powerful that you said and and what people don't understand in what you were just explaining about, you know, the women keeping silent Um, when we read in Romans. Right. And and the scripture tells us that 
that us being able to make confession with our mouth, confession is made to salvation. And so we have to understand that if the women were to be kept silent in the manner that we try to say that women were to keep silent, then they would not have been able to even make their confession to salvation, which would, which in turn means that women could not be even be saved. You understand what I'm saying? Because she's supposed to be silent, you know? And so, so during that time, it wasn't, you, you, we knew you were saved because you hung out with the saved people. It was your confession. It was verbal. It was what you said. And your lifestyle, of course, followed. But it was what you said. You know, the writer in Romans makes it clear, right? That that if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, right? Yes. And believe in our heart. And we say with the mouth, confession is made. So Paul could not have possibly been saying, you know, and I mean, I sat in this and drank this day and night, night and day, because this was the struggle in my soul, because I needed to know that God wanted me to do this because I was like, you know, my whole life was, was in a quandary at this point. So I had to decide, okay, am I going to go in for this fight right here? And I'm going to do this and wait a minute now, Jesus, I need more than Galatians chapter six. I need more than that. I need yeah. to, I need to know what, what is God's heart? What is his, what is his design? What did God design before the foundation of the world? What did his heart design for us as his people? Right? Yeah. Because when I go to heaven, when I leave this world, I'm not going back to heaven as a woman. That's right. I'm not going, I'm not, I was made a woman for purpose in the earth. Not Amen. purpose in heaven. Thanks. Right? So yes, so God said, let me make man in my image. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he made woman, right? Which was did not exist. Yes, man and woman did not exist in heaven. So That's when I go, right. when I go to heaven, God is not coming back for female me. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we gotta get over. We got to get over whether or not a man or a woman can preach to whether a woman can preach the gospel. You know what I'm saying? You know, or whether or not she can speak in public, you know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, and this is it's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then because it was, you know, it was an argument, but it was it's funny now, you know, because, you know, my, my husband and I had conversation. Right. And he was in Bible school and, you know, going to Bible school. But he had women teachers. And my question to him was, how can you learn from a woman, but I, a woman can't preach to you? That's an oxymoron. It makes no sense. I need you to make that make sense because she's yeah. teaching you scripture in the classroom. Why can't she teach you scripture at church? And all of these people are going to seminary and walking out of seminary with this belief system, but they're being taught by women. Yes. Women instructors. And, 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 and it's an oxymoron. It makes no sense. Yes. And that's how we know that it's a spirit of blindness. Yes. Right? And I say that yeah. with, with, with the utmost respect. But the reality is that's that's what it is. And so and so listen, 
woman, if you, if God has called you to do something, you don't have to fight. You don't have to argue. You, you don't have to try to push your way. Just be who God told you to be. If nobody ever, if they call me sister stubs, I really don't care. I feel like Jesus. Don't watch me. Watch my moves. Watch what God is doing through my life. Watch how God births out. Cause you can deny me, but you can't deny the works. That's right. You Amen. can't That's deny right. what God is doing. So I don't have anything to prove. And I learned this in the scripture. I have only one thing to prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I don't have to prove that I am anything because this Amen. is all about Jesus. All I got to do is prove what the will of God is by the life that I live. But when I get opportunity to sit down and tell somebody what the Bible says, if they're in error, if they give me enough time, I'm going to walk them from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm going to show them what God's word says, that it's real, real, that we can do this. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's good. Hallelujah. That's good. Amen. Keep, and I, I, like my, my husband, I, I don't, I'm, I hate that you had to go through that, but then I love that you went through it because then you, we learn from it. Yes. We know it, tonight. but sometimes tonight, yeah, we know it, but sometimes you don't have the words. Yeah. That's why he was like, I got to go digging that because I know the call on my life. Yeah. You know, we can't deny what God told us. Listen. I mean, I ran from this. What oh. you talking about? I ran from what he called me to do. And he had to chase me down and jump on me. And now you telling me I ain't hurt? Oh, my. God ain't told me to do this. That's why I know you probably was like, hold on, God. I understand. I I love my husband. Yes. I love the men men of God. Yes. But I know what you told me to do. Something ain't right. Why? Something ain't right. Yeah. So you had to go search, and I know. And, and I was just telling the church on 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 Sunday. I said sometimes I gotta make you search him out. Oh yeah. Oh It'll yeah. Make you search him out, and Absolutely. he put you in a position, even Woo. in your home, even with your husband. He was doing something in your husband. Yes. He was doing something in you. Yes. But it yes. was gonna impact at us. Yes. It wasn't just you know. It wasn't just um you and your husband. At that moment, it felt right, like it, but right. it was actually going to impact everybody. These ministries that you are, um, that you are, that are under you, yes. as well as us today, and yes. many more people to come mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. know to continue on yes. doing the things of God because it's about His word. It's about His kingdom. It it's about His work. We don't it got is. time to fight each other. Yeah. We got to do the work of the Lord. We have to. We have to, we have to. And I think one of the other things that strength, strengthened my resolve was um, I even went back and pulled out some of my notes from college because I had taken classes on women's history. And I remembered some of the greatest movements that is in this. And these are secular classes, not Bible classes, secular college courses that were talking about women in history and was showing across the board in different uh, areas of different religion, different political um, areas, how women were spearheading many of the movements without titles. Even though our society was saying, you know, it was a patriarchal society. So, you know, we had a lot of structural sexism. 
You know what I'm saying? In those systems that said that women could not lead, women could not hold positions, you know what I'm saying? Unless, um, you know, what they call complementarianism, unless there was a man that was over her and she could rule as long as that man was over her. And so I remember from some of my women's history classes and I had, I, I'm a pack rat. I kept, I keep everything. So I went back to my notes and I started reading my notes and I started looking at some of even the great movements that were taking place in the Christian faith. Even though women were being kept from preaching, it was the women who were keeping the ministries going. It was the women who, this is, even the Catholic church, and I, I mean, I know we're not Catholic, but even the history of the nunneries and the, and the, and the convents were birthed out of the fact that women were doing great ministry in the Catholic church. Wow. And so they had to find a place for them because these women was on fire. That now they was they had erroneous doctrine, but they were on fire for what they believed. And so the convent was birthed out of women doing ministry in regions where men could not make inroads in those places. And I begin to look at that. And I'm saying, God, there's just no way that you would put this fire in me and then tell me do nothing with it. And then tell me that you don't want me to, to, to go and try to win souls. And, and, you know, um, at that point when all these things had happened, I had already began traveling overseas, you know what I mean? And different things of that nature. So I'm like, how can I reconcile this? And so I had to go through the scripture and I had to look at structural sexism that is in the church, that is in society. And I need to pull this book down here. This book changed my life. This is called Veiled and Silenced. How Culture Shaped Sexist Theology. And this is by Alvin John Schmidt. Let me tell you something. This book changed my life. This man, now, you, if, unless you, you know... You got to take your time and sit and read, right? All of these tabs, these are tabs from my study because I still go back and I read from time to time. But this book right here, this man goes through history. He starts with history and shows how, how historical and social constructs made inroads into church and into our theology and how women were thought to be unclean and unequal, right? Unworthy. And you would see even throughout history, if something went wrong in a, in a, in a territory, they blamed a woman and they would burn women at the stake and cause, call them witches and say that this happened because that woman is a witch, right? And women were blamed when somebody would get sick, if the economy got bad, you know, and he starts with, you know, helping to understand how these mindsets made inroads into the church. And we began to believe these all wives tales, these cultural, what they call cultural norms and mores. And they were, they were erroneous and we believed it and we didn't challenge it. Yeah. We didn't, yeah. we didn't challenge it. Amen. And we can see how valid that is today. Yes. Because of a lot of the structures and a lot of the, the constructs that we do have well, that's 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 where it originated at. Yes. And even some of the some of the behaviors and the um this the tradition that we see in church. 
You know, pretty much, you, you think about it, these same preachers are perpetuating the same type the of standards, same the same thing. type of mindset. They're disseminating information through their sermons. They're disseminating to their boards and stuff. And it's kind of like everything is being conformed to that. You know, so <laughs> but I was like, you know, Galatians on the, the in Galatians, the third chapter. Mm hmm. It's, it's but the scripture, but the scripture has confined all under sin. Yes, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Mm -hmm. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, mm -hmm. kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor mm -hmm. to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And so I said that to say this is that okay, the law is what kind of got us. Let us see. Okay, the, the God that we serve, we mm -hmm. must do things in order. Right. But at the same time, the faith is where you come in when you look at yourself and just like you alluded to earlier, Apostle God, you put on this fire in me yeah. for me not to believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the law got you to where you are. Focus on God. See how he wants to do things, yeah. his will and his perfect will and his way. But then at the same time, God has given us measures of faith. He's given us gifts and callings. As Jesus said, call some of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the work of the ministry, edification of the body of Christ and for the perfecting of the saints. Yeah. All these things. But by faith, we must believe that yes. this is what God has revealed in us. This is what God has equipped us with. This yes. is what God has, um, you know, as, as it has etched out yes. in this generation for me to do. Yes. So you got to believe that. Mm -hmm. So that's where the faith comes in. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you begin to launch out there into the deep. Yes. Because I believe God. You said, Jesus said, go on the other side. Throw the net on the other side. Yes. We've been yes. going this way for years and years and years <laughs> and years. Right. Now Jesus comes up on the scene yes. and says, throw the net on the other side. Yes. And so by faith, you know, you were throwing your net on the other side. Women all over the world throwing their nets on the other side. Yes. And I think yes. that I say this and I'm, and I'm done. I say this, um, as far as when it comes to women, I'm, it, it'll be even more, it has to be even more grace and, and because you already got the opposition is there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's all the more reason for you to actually, you know, to, to minister in the way that God wants to minister through you. Because then and only then, when, when the naysayers be silenced, man, whatever weapon they form against you will not be able to prosper. Right. You know, man. but the enemy is banking on the fact that we'll step out of that, step into the angry zone, step Ooh. into the I need to prove myself zone. Yeah. Come where on. actually you need to humble yourself even the more. Come on. More, more so yes. than the men. Now, the men have to humble themselves yes. in the fact that, hey, it might be so that God has called right. women to preach. Right, right. So, humble yourself. At the same time, the women is an extra degree of humility to not try to prove Amen. that. You know, I'm glad you brought yes. that up, not to try yes. to prove that. Yes. Because, you know, there were seven churches. There were seven churches that Jesus had to actually come through and had to, to evaluate. Yes. And not one of them that I know of, he had something against them for having women preaching their church. That's real good, Apostle. That's real yeah. good. One woman that he had that was Right, right. <laughs> and she is lying to my people and oh my god it's the only problem with yes I got issues with <laughs> yes that's real good right there that's real good so we, we apostle so tonight I, I love that you are one-sided you know i love that you are sticking with the gospel amen you're sticking amen. with the word you're not saying 
I'm a woman and I'm going to watch me roar. You're not going on none of that stuff. You know, you're sticking with, you're teaching us how to be strong men and women of God. Amen. Standing on the word of God. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked you to come because I knew you were coming from a place of the word. Amen. you trying to prove yourself you stick strictly to the scriptures and what the words say and make people feel they can do what god called them to do because that's what we're supposed to do as men and women of god we're supposed to impact people's life we're supposed to be like apostle said apostles have influence if you're going to be an apostle you're going to influence people to walk in their purpose yes you're going to influence them and push them to walk in the things of god and make god happy even if it don't make other people happy. Right. You got to make God happy. The people that he will connect to your life, that they will see that you are doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. It's so many wish you brought up earlier in the Bible. It may not be 50 million, you know, it ain't 50 million men that was doing right in the Bible. <laughs> right. You know? so, right. Just, right. You know, we can pull out all we want. And if yes. we want to get real, if you want to just go to the flash side for a minute, most of them, the men were doing what they had no had business no Had no business. Had no business. But, but had they don't no want business. to talk about that. Why? We don't talk about that with them because you know why? We still stand on what God has called us yes. to do and yes. to be. And yes. that's to be men and women of God is stand and, his, and win souls for the oh kingdom my. of yes, God. Yes, Lord. That that's important, and 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 I want to um add to what both the, what what both of you were saying because um that humility part that's the part. Let's talk about that because the the idea of knowing that this is what God said, but at home not receiving acknowledgement of that or acceptance of that, and so. This is where, this is where the scripture comes in and, you know, we start talking about submission, right? And I don't know if anybody ready for me to really talk about what submit, because I had to study what that meant as well, because the reality of what Paul was saying to the church was something that never existed because of what was taking place in Rome. And so, you know, the idea of submission is it's mutuality. It's not one over the other. And it has to do with the words that are used, right? When the scripture says that the husband would rule over the wife, it's not the word archon. Archon means he's in control, but the word hupotasso means that it is a mutual ruling together. It's something altogether different. When we don't study we just take off to the races. But then when you yeah. start reading the scripture and you read in Titus, right? And we read in Titus about women submitting. One of the things that we take out and we don't look at is that Paul starts talking to, or, or Titus is talking to the church, right? And he's saying that there should be mutual. Y'all should be submitting to one another. And so for me, I had to say to myself, Lord, if you want me to do this, then you're going to have to show me how to walk in this marriage. Because this is not somebody that I married and I'm marrying an unbeliever, right? The beginning of our life. This is happening in the middle of our life together. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, so how do I do this and be who you want me to be 
and still remain in this relationship. And I'll be honest, we spent time separated. I moved out of the house. It was a whole thing. And it was, it was horrible. Okay. I was preaching on Sunday and crying. You know what I'm saying? After service was over and I'm asking God, how do, how do I do this? Right. And dealing with how, and, 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 and nobody really knew what was going on. Like people in my church knew that some stuff was going on, you know, but like for, for, for the most part, most of the people around me in my circle had no idea about what was happening because I didn't really talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I was going through it, praying through it, but not really expressing what was happening because I was just praying and asking God to show me how to traverse this terrain because I didn't know how to do it. And so, um, you know, I just began to pray. I had to pray for God to put love in my heart. Because this is where I get the notion and I explain to married couples that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And I had to choose to love my husband and love him enough that I would go home, even though there was stuff in me that was like, I ain't going, 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 I ain't going. Okay? I had to choose to love him and forgive what I felt like was an interruption of our life. Right? Because how how am I going to do the will of God and I can't exemplify this in reality? Who am I going to preach to? Yeah. Who can can I preach to when this word is not my reality? It's just a message that you preach on Sunday. And so I had to come to terms with that and I had to fight with myself because it wasn't God I was fighting with because I knew what the word say. It was me fighting with my own will. To make my will come subject to God so that I would obey God and be able to traverse this relationship. And so my husband and I had to sit down and say, okay, if we're going to come back together, this is how this has to be. And we have to come to some agreement so that we can be amicable and we can stay together. Because by that, at that point, we have been married more than 20 some odd years. So, so I'm trying to figure how do we do this? And I'm having to listen to God. Let me tell you something. You got to listen to God. And I tell everybody, you can say, you don't know what God wants you to do. You lying because you can hear God talking to you. You can hear God speaking to you. What is more important to you? Is it more important for you to have an itinerant ministry or is it more important for you to live what you preach? And for me, I didn't want to be a false preacher. I don't want to, I, and I still don't want to be a false preacher. And so we, we, we had to work it out. You know what I'm saying? We had to go through what we go through. And, and some days we still have challenges, right? But, but, but I had to choose to love through what I was going through, Right? And, and, and keep my heart right because I couldn't preach to nobody if my heart wasn't right. What good is, what good is this book? What good is all the things I studied if I'm not going to walk it out? And so I believe that every person that is called to do a work for God, God is going to kill you. (laughs) He is going to listen. Because he is only going to use dead men. And when I say man, I mean that in the anthropological sense. I mean that in the sense of not not gender, but in the sense of your humanity. He is only going to use you if you're willing to lay down your life. 
Only if you're willing to be obedient. So some people don't understand what they look at today, what they see today. They don't know the tears I cried. They don't know the times I was coming home from services after people filling up the altar and God healing and delivering and doing all of that. But I'm fighting suicide because my house is falling apart. And I'm trying to figure out how am I going to walk this call out, right? And you, and, and this is about a woman preaching? Wait a second. And so, and so I understand that this, doing this and, and, and being able to teach this and to share this with people, right? That now I understand that this is part of, that's part of my mantle. It's part of my life. And I'm passionate about it because you can still do the will of God and, and, and still see God move in your house, no matter how difficult things might become. If you humble yourself, if you understand that God wants to use a dead man, if you understand that you don't always have to fight and plead your case. If you understand that, listen, because I could come home and I could argue with that man and try to, but God called me. God told me, I'm a woman of God. What was that going to prove? Wasn't going to prove anything. So we came to terms on how we're going to walk through this because we knew that we loved each other, right? And we're going to walk through this. But meanwhile, when it comes to this word, I'm going to preach what God say. I'm going to do what God says do, and we're going to follow his word. And I, I, I want to say that, you know, some of the time that I spent studying, I had to come to terms with terminology, understanding what it was that Paul was teaching. And these were the things that helped me to, to understand the hand of God on our life and how we have to handle the hand of God on our life. I watched as I'm, you, when I say watch, you know, reading about Paul's life and seeing the things that Paul went through, God had to annihilate his personality. All of everything that Paul thought he was all of, all of that. So just like he did that for Paul, he's going to do that for women. He's going to do that for men. He's going to do that for whoever he's going to do that for whoever. And so I, I challenge anybody that feels like, you know, well, women can't be pastors, they can't be bishops, they can't be whatever. I want you to go and define, look up the, the words in scripture for elder, for bishop, for, for pastor, for, um, for, for elder and bishop. These words are interchangeable. And if I can, if it's okay, can I just read a little snippet from this, from my book yeah, here? Yes, yes. So I'm reading, woman, shut your mouth. I'm reading from page 128. Okay. Um, so when you read in Titus, Titus tells, gives us um, some definitions. Let me go back to page 126 and let me define elder for you. Okay. Um, the word elder of the New Testament church were pastors. And you see that in Ephesians 4 and 11. Bishops or overseers. Um, Acts 20 and 28. Elders were bishops and overseers. Those are the same words. They're the same words. Okay. Leaders and rulers. You see this in Hebrews 13 and 7. So I'm going to say this to you. When you pick up this book, you're going to get Bible. You're not going to get Francesca Stubbs personality. You're not going to get her, her, um, her, my, my own ideologies. I'm giving you chapter and verse because that's the only thing that's going to convince you. You got to see what the word says, not what Fran said. Because Fran didn't know until she sat down and read the scripture. Okay? 
And so everywhere in the New Testament, bishop and presbyter are titles given to one and the same officer in the Christian church. He who is called presbyter or elder on account of his age or gravity is also called bishop or overseer with reference to the duty that is laid upon him. When you read in Titus 1, 5 through 7, Acts 20, 17 through 28, Philippians 1 and 1, 1 Timothy 5 and 1, the words bishop and overseer. So you have to understand, so elder was given to those who were older in age. It was not necessarily that they were elders in the church, but the same word that they use for elders in the church is the same one that they use for elders who were older out of respect. So it's the same terminology. And they also call them bishops and overseers. The New Testament elders, which is the word presbyteros or presbyteroi, are also called bishops, which is the word episkopos, without um, implying any essential difference in the office referred to. In Acts 20, verse 17, and also verse 28, and in Titus chapter 1, verse 5 and 7, the two names are used interchangeably. Also, the requirements for the office of elders and bishops are similar. Read it in the scripture. They have the same criteria and they are the exact same thing. But what has happened is we look at those words because they're different words. We say, well, a bishop is one thing. An elder is another. A pastor is something else. But these words were used interchangeably. Okay, with respect to the duties of an elder, there is continuity with the basic task of the elder in the Old Testament. All elders have the task of oversight and discipline of the congregation and all have the responsibility to rule and guide the people of God with the word in a manner pleasing to God. Okay, so that's elders. When you define bishops and this is page 127. The word bishop appears in 1 Timothy chapter 3 in various versions. Other words are substituted for bishop. The whole chapter deals with the qualifications of bishops or deacons in the New Testament church. Only the first two qualifications are included in this study, that's this book, as the primary interest here is the use of the word bishop and its substitutes. The renderings of 23 versions, I went through 23 versions of the scripture. The renderings of 23 versions are listed here. Other versions use these terms and the wording of the qualifications. Explanations from the other versions and four other reference books may also be found and studied. Okay, so... The word bishop is translated from the Greek word episkopos, meaning literally the overseer. In the first century, episkopos, which is bishop or overseer, and presbyteros, which is elder, were used interchangeably. When you read those words in Titus chapter 1 verse 5 and in verse 7, these words refer to the same office. Guess what? A bishop is a pastor. A pastor is a bishop. A bishop does not rule the church. The apostles rule the church. That's something altogether different. Y'all not ready for that. But you got to study the scripture. The bishop is only a pastor. The elder is a pastor. And then when you start looking at all of these other words, you will find out that when you do the study of history, it has to do with Catholicism. And we ain't got time for all of that tonight. Right? 
and, and St. Ignatius and all the things that he did to try to put the bishops over the church. So you got to understand that when these words are used, right, in Titus, it talks about the elder women. Right? That you are supposed to, the elder women are supposed to teach the younger women. That word elder is the word presbyteros, which is the same word that is used for elder in the church. So when the scripture is speaking about elder women, they're talking about bishop women, elder women, pastoral women in the church. So women can be all of the above. Amen. 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 I think about often because I say where I know they can't um, stand with the area of Paul because Paul worked with women as well. He did. That's why it's like it's. I, I, this is how I tell people just the simplest way that never went and studied. Mm-hmm. I said you could take two churches. We both teach in two churches the word of God. Right. But we got two different set of people in our churches. So you're dealing with them according to what you, what you got going on in your church. Right. Like two different marriages. If I'm, I'm if I'm counseling two different couples, right, right, they're going through, going through two different things. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. may tell that one husband because they 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 fighting. I may say, hey, you may need to take a couple weeks, and y'all may, right. you may need to go stay with your friend and right. stay here. And I may right. tell that other couple. No, y'all need to stay. You you stay away from each other too much. Y'all need to be together more. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm dealing with a different situation. Yes. It's like they won't give him that wiggle room, Paul, that wiggle room. Right. But you got to remember, he was right into different churches. He was. He was. In their situation and their questions. Yes. So we're dealing with, and just like you broke it down with your elder and your bishop, we got we got we got to know when you dig in that scripture, you'll find out those words interchange. Yes. You you find the word grace. Grace is used in different ways right. in the scripture. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So so yeah. we gotta we gotta we have to really learn the word of God. We Don't do. allow, like you said, people to speak things. And just take them at that. Yes. And not understand it for yourself. Right. And that's imperative for us. And, you know, I don't I don't expect everybody to have to do the same um, laborious work that I did doing this study. This for me, the very call of God depended on me being able to do this and and, and understand. Um, But I wanted other people to be able to benefit from what I studied. Right. So I did the hard work for you. I pulled all the tools together. Right. And 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 did the study and, and gave you the footnotes. And so you can go back. If you just pick up a Vines dictionary, you, you're going to find the same things that I that I just read, you know. And so so I did the hard work for you. You don't have to sit and write, read 23 different versions of scripture. I did it already. I'm telling you, you know, what I'm saying that this is this is there. And so, um, you know, I think it's important that. We, you know, understand the importance of uh, if something is logical, then it should be logical across the board. Right. And if you have a question about something, seek it out. Right. You know, the scripture says to us plainly, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that are written to me. Jesus said that. But we don't take we don't take him up on that. Right. And study and search the scripture. Search the scripture. The answers are in the word of God. And I fully believe that if if 
if this was not in here, then and, and, and I was to find the other, because that was my heart. I told God, if I find that I'm not supposed to preach, she going to sit down. Exactly. She's going to sit down, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and everything that I read. And this is why I worked so hard to study because I was like, okay, well, that's good. But, but I need, I need more proof. Let me keep reading. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. But, but let me, let me go find out about this. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. That was good. That was good. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay. So I need to know the difference between tradition and scripture because, you know, because I need to be able to answer this question for myself because I don't know. So this is, these were all of my questions. Yes. These are all of my questions. And so you got to know for yourself what the word says. Yes, God wants you to be able to carry his word, but he wants you to be able to carry his word with honor. And you don't have to fight anybody. I have had people come on Facebook, on my, my Facebook page or in my inbox, and I would tell them all the time. Listen, just like you don't go into the McDonald's or the Walmart and you don't go question those workers and ask them why they work in there. Don't ask me why God hired me. That's not your business. If you got a problem with me working for Jesus, you go ask him. That's right. You go ask him. Meanwhile, mind your business and let me mind mine. And that's what and that's what we're going to do. That's right. Amen. We appreciate you tonight. Yeah, we appreciate man. everything you poured into us. We want to make sure we get the book. It's the book on. Um, I know we. Can it's on, on Amazon. Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Is it also available on Kindle? It is available on Kindle. All of my books are available on Kindle. Yes, oh, ma'am. Also, because actually on the twenty fifth of this month. I'm going to be on a panel about women preaching. Wow. So I would love to even just, I don't know. I might have time. I might have time to get it. Sometimes Amazon kind of moves fast. Right, I right. I, I love to have one in my hand. Yes. But I might do it both of them so I can have that. Because I would love to have that content with Yes. You. I can see yes. it, but I will have some. Your scriptures and everything is in yes. that book. I can yes. grab hold of it. And, and, and the I'll stuff that I was reading to you is in the epilogue. So. Okay. After I went through all of the blah, 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 I broke it down. Here's the epilogue. Let me just break it down to, for you easily and answer the questions, you know, because okay. the rest of this, I'm dealing with history. I'm dealing with, you know, um, constructs, social constructs, you know, and different things of that nature. And also addressing some of the other books that I've read that talked about women and their, their position and all the rest of those things. And so, yeah. You can absolutely get it. And, and what I, I'm just saying to you, check out the epilogue. That will give you the cut and dry to the answers. Yes. Okay. So I'm definitely going to make sure we go. And um, I'm going to go grab that book tonight. Amen. And um, so I can have it. It's going to be a great tool just for life, period. But it's going to be a great tool for me on the 25th. Amen. <laughs> so Praise God. I'm going to definitely God. grab it. We appreciate you Thank so you much. Thank you so Apostle, much. anything... Before she do this, I'm going to pop up here how to sow into her life tonight. She did not ask me for anything. She just was, she was just happy to come on. Amen. You know, Amen. So I'm just grateful Amen. for that. Um, so you want to sow into her life? I have a cash app, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. It's all here. You can go ahead at this time. But anything that God is just really um, putting on your heart um, to say to the men. Mm. Our women, God, and encourage or mm. whatever the Lord mm. have on your heart, mm. and then we ask you to pray tonight. Amen. Um, whatever Lord have you to pray for us tonight. Amen. Um, I would say to to the brothers, listen, 
your 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 wife, your sister, um, or any other woman of God that is is pursuing the will of God, she's not your enemy. Um, and and I would encourage you to take the time to search the Scripture with an open heart and an open mind. Um, and and don't let the the tropes in literature or or you know the constructs of society dictate to you what you believe. Look to the scripture, search the scripture, take the time and, and, and see how God can use a woman to bless your life. Even as, even as what apostle was talking about, um, with Deborah, um, and how, and how, you know, um, the man would not even go to war unless she showed up because he understood that she was a powerful woman. And so don't, don't deny yourself the blessing of having um, a great woman of God in your corner for whatever reason. And if there's a woman that's watching and you're struggling with your calling and you, you just don't know, you know, you've been told one thing and you feel like God has called you to do a work. I want to encourage you to search the scripture as well. Pray and search the scripture. Don't argue. Don't fuss. Don't try to push your way. Just search the scripture and let God reveal to you who you are. So let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this broadcast. Thank you, Father, for Pastor Bratcher and Apostle Bratcher. Thank you for this anointed broadcast that you have given to them. And we ask God for all of their viewers. We pray, God, that you would minister to their viewers. We pray for every person that is watching this or that will watch the replay, that you would answer their questions, that you would meet their needs, that you would encourage their hearts. Maybe there's another marriage that's suffering and going through because they've experienced the same thing that I've experienced. And so, Father, I speak your peace over them tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, for those that are struggling and they're in turmoil about the call of God and what God says that they can do or what God says that they can't do. Father, I pray that you would break every one of the people that are in bondage, break them free from every shackle of tradition, every shackle, oh God, of man-made theologies. Father, we pray that your will will be done. And I speak life over the men of God. I speak life over the women of God. I speak life over your people, God, that we would walk, oh God, in unity with one mind and one accord to fulfill the assignment that you have called us to do, that we would be one in you. For you said, God, that by this will all men know that we are your disciples because of our love for one another. Help us to love each other through every circumstance and even through the things that we don't see eye to eye on. Let us walk in love with one another. And we just give you praise. We thank you for the power of your word that we and we declare that tonight somebody's life is transformed because of your word somebody's shackles have fallen off because of your word and we declare that every time that they will watch that liberty would embrace their life their mind their heart their house their family in jesus name we thank you and we praise you Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Apostle. Amen. We appreciate the words Thank of encouragement. You. We appreciate the word of the Lord and then the words of encouragement at the end as well as the prayer. Amen. That was spoken. I did not know that. I didn't know that was going on in your life at that time. <laughs> so I tell you one thing, you carried it well. I know you might probably be crying and otherwise, but you literally walked in the God. You know, in wow. that time of your life. Amen. So I really appreciate because it, it was what 2016 when you was helping me with the book. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. 2016, when you helped me with the book. So yeah. even though she was going through and trying to figure out which way, not so yeah. much she knew God called her, but which way, God, you want me to go yeah. with this, she yeah. was still being a help. She was still pushing other people, telling yeah. them to go, do the Jesus. things of God. Jesus. So that's encouraging all by itself. And to be able to be around here and still standing for God. Amen. Amen. This is and you know you say you know God is doing this in our life and what God is building <laughs> this is the fruit of you yeah. enduring Jesus. he said it ain't Jesus. given to the swift nor the strong because I know you felt weak at that time Jesus. but the one that endures <laughs> hallelujah on. hallelujah hallelujah I'm thankful I'm thankful thankful Jesus. thankful and I'm grateful he said we overcome by the blood of the lamb yes. and the word of our testimony yes and tonight your testimony helped us i believe it helped me and my husband Amen. and we never had a problem with women preaching but sometimes you have conflict yeah sometimes you have conflict and i yes. thank god for taking us through the conflict yes. and even when you have little tussles and disagreement when yes. i say tussles y'all we ain't beating each right other. right right <laughs> God is Amen. good. So, Thank y'all both so much for allowing me to come on your platform. I love y'all. Y'all already know that. Y'all know y'all stuck with me. And I just love y'all. And I appreciate y'all so much. And I just pray that the Lord continue to bless you and bless your ministry and bless your house. I thank God for you. closer see what the lord is doing because i know he, you you share some of the things he's doing and we just we excited we got to get there we got to get to florida to yes 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 absolutely <laughs> absolutely yes all right god bless you god bless you i will thank you amen amen that was so good tonight you all I'm so excited. Make sure you go and follow. Make sure you give. Go grab that book because I'm going to go tonight and I'm going to grab that book. Amen. Tonight. So we thank you all. Also, too, if you haven't yet, check out my page. I'm starting a six-week mentorship on deliverance training. So go. Um, it's absolutely free. What we ask for is your commitment and your time for the six weeks. Um, it's going to be on Wednesdays for six weeks straight. For one hour, I'm going to try to keep it at one hour, you know, to, to be respectful of your time. Go. Um, follow directions. It's on the flyer on um, how to become a part of it. We, I'm only going to do 30 women, okay? 30 women. So make sure you go ahead. And I think next week will be the cutoff. So um, it's 22nd like that. Um, it'll be the cutoff. How many we have if it's less than 30. I'm going to stop there. If it's more than 30, we'll stop at the 30. I might go to 32, 33. We'll see what the Lord say. But go and make sure you do that. Also, be looking out. Probably by this weekend, my website will be up 
for our first Teach My Hands to War conference will be held in Raleigh, North Carolina on August the 18th and 19th. Go ahead. The seats are limited, so make sure you go ahead and register. Um, the registration, um, we're going to do early registration for like two months, $65. So make sure you go and jump in there. I got, we got Apostle Ann Harris. We got Apostle Karen Manair. We have um, Apostle Melvin Thompson. We have um, Pastor Tidwell. We have Annette Groves. Who else we got? Um, myself, I'm going to be um, teaching on a workshop on deliverance training. So make sure you grab your um, tickets, your registration. Go ahead and register as soon as we release the link. It should be no later than this weekend. We should be releasing the link. So go ahead and grab it. Your hotel, we will be right in a hotel conference. Conference or where to book in that room, um, that area in that hotel, or even we're going to let you know an extra hotel that's right there near it. So make sure you do it. Come and join us this year. I believe this is a year of freedom. Amen. And that right, baby. A year of freedom. He gave me the thumbs up so y'all know. <laughs> so, all right. Until next time, kingdom blessings to you. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.